Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Father, thank you for this time. We thank you for the privilege of being able to pray, to be able to talk to you, to be able to have fellowship with you. Lord, thank you that you have a desire for your children to communicate with you, and thank you that you communicate with us through your word and by your spirit. So tonight we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for insight. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the teacher who helps us and guides us. Thank you, Father, for showing us things, wondrous things out of your word. Thank you. We can leave here with more light than how we came in. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You know when you come to church, something that will help you is you ought to come with the attitude is, I'm going to get one thing tonight that's going to help me. You don't have to get a whole something. It's just, I'm going to get one thing that will help me. So you can bring that perspective in, and that will help you. We've been talking about the Lord's Prayer as a pattern, Matthew 6, the ninth chapter. We'll go ahead and say this together. I realize it's in New King James, which is going to mess you up, but in this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. How many of you learned trespasses? You're a trespass people. Okay. Debt people? How are you debt? How many debt people? How many have no idea what I'm even talking about right now? All right, here we go. Uh, Lord's Prayer is a pattern for prayer. We can also be pray. We can pray like we did. We can pray it as is, or we can pray it as a pattern. Uh, last week we talked about forgive us our debts as we forgive. I won't go all into that, but we talked about the fact that we have forgiveness initially when we receive Christ, that we're forgiven from all of our sins, our past wiped away. We become new creations in Christ. Wonderful thing. We also have forgiveness available when we sin as believers. Some people feel like, oh my gosh, I have sinned. I've been a Christian, but I've sinned again. That means I have to get born again again. You don't need to get born again again because that can, that can happen over and over and over and over and over again. And so instead of doing that, the, the beautiful thing is 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when you sin, here's the deal. When you sin, don't run from God. Go to him and get rid of it. Because by the way, when you confess it, it's not when he finds out about it. Some people think, well, if I tell him, he'll know. He knows. <laughs> he, he, he already knows. He's not going, oh, really? Did, oh, oh. So when you confess it is when we get rid of it. Um, the idea we talked about, don't base God's forgiveness on your feelings. Well, that's a tricky one. Sometimes you, you just feel bad and you, you sin. You say, Lord, forgive me. And you still feel the same way. Don't wait for a feeling to believe that God forgave you. Go ahead and believe he kept his word. And then if you'll believe that, your feelings will follow. So if you'll just, after praying, say, Lord, thank you that you forgive me. And every time you think about it and you think, and the enemy will come. The enemy is a master at condemnation. And you can ask for forgiveness and he'll come back to you and, and he'll just tell you how horrible you are. And pretty soon you're like, I'm just horrible, I'm just terrible. That's not going to help you. That doesn't help you in your walk with the Lord by beating you down. It doesn't make the Lord proud of you. It doesn't help. So the idea is once you ask for forgiveness, say, Lord, 
thank you for forgiving me. Then when it comes, it comes back up to your mind again to say, Lord, thank you that you have forgiven me. If you'll keep on that path, you'll get to the place where you're fine. But don't wait for a feeling. Because sometimes you can go for a while and you don't feel any different. Aren't you glad the Bible says we don't walk by feelings? It says that we walk by faith. And so we believe that he forgave us. And because we believe he forgave us, we're going to go ahead and act like he forgave us. If you've, uh, if you've worked with somebody or, or lived with somebody who's very good at forgiving, it's, it's, it's the same principle. Joy and I have, have been married. Hey, we celebrated 41 years this, this week. And so we were to each other. And that, that is, and that is really good. And, um, We've learned over the years that's been one of the things that has helped us in our relationship is the willingness to come and say, I apologize, and then the willingness on the other one to say, I forgive. That's, listen, guys, that is, that, that's such a good marriage tip. That will help you. Because I know sometimes people like, I apologize, and, and, and there, there are some people, no one in here, of course. We're talking about people who are not here. But <laughs> some people who's like, they're going to make you pay for a while. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to, and when they decide to come around and talk to you, and aren't you, God's not that way. And if you won't be that way, it'll improve your relationship. I'm sorry, I forgive you, and then go on down the road. Works out a lot better. Worked for me for 41 years. I keep planning on working it. We also must forgive others. We talked about this. Keeps us clear spiritually. We've been forgiven so we can extend forgiveness. Lead us out of temptation. Let's talk a little bit about temptation. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> temptation. Now that lead us, don't lead us into temptation. Uh, we, need, we need to clear that up a bit. Temptation, test trials, a solicitation to sin. The Lord is not leading us into situations to sin. James, the first chapter. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So in other words, it's, it's not God doing it. I, I, it. You know, it's a big church, guys. I can't meet with everybody. So one of the things I like to do is I just stay down here after services and get a chance to visit with people and talk with people. I get some interesting conversations. And I had a guy that came down, this was years ago, and he, he came down, he'd been battling with some addictions, and he said, man, I need you to pray for him. I said, okay, let's talk about it. And he said, yeah, he said, uh, man, he said, I was at my house the other day, and some of my weed-smoking friends, they rolled up to my house, and they're like, hey, let's go smoke some weed, and I went and smoked some weed with them. And then, you know, and then a couple of days later, they came back and, you know, said, hey, let's go smoke some weed. And I smoked some weed with them. He said, I need you to pray the Lord would stop sending these weed smoking people by my house. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, Hoss. <laughs> I, I, I'm not the greatest theologian, but I got a good sensing that ain't the Lord sending weed smoking people by your house. Where's he going to find them? You know, you know. I was praying today and the Lord sent me by the house to smoke weed with you. No, no, and no. And, and so people, people say, well, you know, the, the Lord is bringing this temptation to me. No, the Lord's not doing that. In, in the next verse, put the next verse up. Now, when the tempter came to him, 
He said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. You know what that, you remember that's from? That's Jesus being tempted by who? By Satan. Satan is the tempter. When I was in, uh, when I, I got saved, filled with the spirit, when I was 19 years old, I was selling books out in um, uh, Carbondale and Illinois and um, Marion, in, Marion, Illinois. And at night, I was 19, I'm, I'm hitchhiking. I hitchhike to work, I hitchhike back at night. And of course, this is, I don't know, I don't, even, I don't see people hitchhike much. This is way before cell phones. Uber did not exist. And so I'm hitchhiking, got my thumb out, nighttime, and I was amazed at the people who would pick me up. It would seem like some, sometimes, this, I've had Christian families, single moms with their kids, turn around, come pick me up. They said, the Lord just impressed us, and we just shared the Lord and rolled down the road. And like the next night, a weed-smoking person picks me up. <laughs> And he's like, hey, man, roll a joint for us. I'm like, ah, I'm not good at rolling joints. I'll never forget this guy. He reaches in his glove box, pulls out one-handed, reaches in there, grab, and rolls a joint with one hand. I was so impressed, I smoked it with him. I thought that was just... <laughs> I thought that was amazing. That was not the Lord sending a dexterous, weed-smoking, one-handed roller around. We got to understand, we got to understand, where's the temptation coming from? And, you know, even as a young Christian, I'm not thinking, wow, the Lord sent that amazing weed smoking guy by my way. He did not. But he would send Christian people by my way. And I was just amazed at how many times. And listen, here's the deal. Once you, and I should have said this when the people in there were being baptized. But once you make a decision for the Lord, you'd be surprised at who shows back up in your life. Like all your party people show like, oh, dude, we hadn't seen you in years. But there you are. Let's go. Let's party. When I came back to the Lord, all the girls that had rejected me, all of a sudden are writing me letters and wanting to get together. That was not the Lord either. He's not the one that sends temptation to us. He's the one that can lead us out of temptation. And, but here's, the, here's the, a good way to pray, guys. We need to begin to pray because Jesus spoke about it. In Matthew 26, Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation." The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's where the problem comes from. A lot of times we want to do what's right on the inside and we are weak in our flesh. And that's just why Jesus said you need to watch. That word watch means be alert, be on guard. It doesn't mean observe. It means, it means you're, you're, you're watching. You're on guard and pray lest you enter into temptation. One of the biggest challenges is when we let down our guard is when temptation starts showing up. And so the idea is you got you to be aware. Be aware of what areas are, are weak for you, what areas are problems. And here's the thing. Something that may, not, that may bother you or may be a temptation for you is not a temptation for me and vice versa. This is why we don't judge one another. That's why some people say, oh, I would never do that. No, but you do something else. And so the idea is that this, we're not judging. We're merciful with one another. Jesus said the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And so when we're dealing with, we're dealing with temptations, we're not dealing with the Holy Spirit. He's the one there who's there to help us. It's our flesh we have to get a hold of. So I've got some good news for you tonight, that we have help regarding, help available in regards to temptation. Now this is something we can pray about and it's something that can help you. I think too many times when we're tempted to do things we know we ought not to do, 
we become embarrassed. And we don't, we don't, instead of talking to the Lord about it, we run from him. And so in Hebrews, here's a great passage, guys. Let's look at this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What he's talking about is let us, let us hold fast to confession or our profession of what we believe. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now that's the thought, I, I, stay with me here for a second. That's a thought that, that people don't take into account is that Jesus, who was, who was God and man, was tempted like we are, yet without sin. Now here's the thing. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to it. Are you hearing me on that? So a lot of times people say, oh, I just feel so bad. I, was, I just felt so horrible. I was tempted. I was tempted. You're human. But there's someone, aren't you glad Jesus is not looking at you going, gosh, you're, you guys are disgusting. You're, that's ridiculous. I, can't, I cannot believe after all I've done from you. He said he understands. He's able to empathize with our weaknesses because he was in all points tempted like we are. He just never sinned. So he becomes our example, and not only our example, he also becomes the one who is there to help us. Now, we've taken that verse as a prayer verse, and you've, you've heard it preached, come boldly to the throne of grace that so we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you know when we need to come boldly to the throne of grace is when we're smack dab in the middle of getting tempted. It's when we come to the throne of grace and instead of being embarrassed, we need to come and say, Lord, I, you, I need help with this. This is, this is a huge temptation for me, but you said I could come boldly with confidence and I can come. I don't have to be embarrassed. I can come and get grace and mercy to help in time of need. And when we're tempted in time of need, it's the time to see, this is when we bring this into our prayer life. So now we're talking to the Lord. We're asking him, Lord, Lord, help us. I have a problem in this area. I keep, I'm losing my temper too much. And when someone does this, help me, lead me around. The internet has created multiple areas of temptation, multiple areas. This is something you say, Lord, help me in this area. Help me. And sometimes you may have to do what I just call an internet fast. Where you're like, I'm off for a while. And just cut it off. One of the best ways to get out of temptation is don't feed it. Control your environment. Don't feed it. But don't ignore the Lord. This is the time you and to go, I need help here. I really need your help. And he said we could come boldly to the throne of grace and get mercy and find grace to help. Look, the Lord knows how to deliver us. But we need to, we need to do some things. Second Peter. This is, a, this is the example of Lot. Lot was Abraham's nephew. He went with Abraham. And this is way back in the book of Genesis. He went with Abraham and they had so much possessions and livestock that Lot's people and Abraham's people, all their herdsmen, were starting to argue and fight about pasture lands and water and, and rights along those lines. And so um, Abraham, very gracious man, said, let there be no strife between us. 
said, Lot, you, if you go this way, I'll go that way. And he gave Lot first choice. And Lot, who was the younger, looked out and saw the best land, took it. And then it was towards Sodom. So Lot moved, the Bible said, he, one translation said, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And Sodom was a bad place. The Bible said the people of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So here's what happened. He delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Would you leave that up there just for a second? This is helpful if we'll recognize that you can be oppressed by the environment that you're in. If you're in an environment where there's just a lot of uh, just wicked stuff going on, it will impact you. It will have an impact. And it can, it can actually torment your righteous soul. And that's what we see and what we hear. And so if you want to control your environment, now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying, well, Alan, I live with a wicked person, I'm leaving him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying as much as we can, we have to control the environment that we're in. <laughs> My pastor was John Osteen. He had a way, he said, he had a way, he was a, he was a little guy, he was so feisty. And uh, he said he went, he went into, a, he was in an elevator one time. He said, and some people got on the elevator and they were just cussing and they were taking God's name in vain and they were just, he finally had enough. He says on the elevator, he just lifts his hand and say, Lord, I just want to praise you. I want to bless you. I just want to glorify you that you are so good. He said, the next, that floor opened and said, they just, they just exited. <laughs> if, if you want to control your environment, just, just step in sometime and go, praise God, isn't God good? That will clear a room right there. And that just, but, but what happened, what happened a lot was he was constantly around an oppressive environment and it impacted him. What we're hearing, what we're seeing. Guys, you've got to watch it. I talk to parents sometimes. They say, I need you to pray for my child. They're having nightmares. A lot of times I'll ask them, what are you allowing them to watch? Well, they love horror movies. Not good. Because it impacts. And we, we, have, to, we have to wise up and, and understand that what we hear and see does have an impact on us. Let's don't act like it doesn't. Because this is what, this is what Lot dealt with. And it... it but the Lord got him out, and the Lord can get you out. If you're in a bad environment, you, you, this is where you need to pray. Say, Lord, you help me get out of this environment. Help me deal with this environment. But don't put yourself in that environment. If you've got a problem with alcohol, meeting your friends at the club is not a good idea. And that's, I realize that sounds like common sense, but that's the case. If you had a problem with, with drugs, hanging out with your weed-smoking friends is not a great idea. Now, here's the deal. You say, well, you know, these are my friends. Well, great. Either you're going to influence them or they're going to influence you. Which way is it going to go? And so you can stand for righteousness. You can stand for what's good. My, I had my, my best friend was in here just a few weeks ago who I had in college. He and I were party buddies together. Boy, we did some stuff together. And when I got saved, I just told him, I said, John, I've gotten saved. I've gotten filled with the Spirit. I'm going to live for God. And I'll never forget he was quiet on the other end of the phone. Finally, he went, well, dang, 
I guess I have two too. I said, yes, you have two too. <laughs> and, and he did. He said, well, Alan, did all of them go that way? No, I lost some friends. And I'm okay with that because God's given me some really good friends. Yes. Do you hear what I'm saying, guys? Yes. We need to pray, Lord, lead us out of temptation. But sometimes leading us out of temptation is he's going to lead you out of some relationships that you're involved in that you may not be, shouldn't be involved in. Are we having fun yet? Yes. I, told, I was sitting at Lakewood one night and a um, youth pastor was, was, happened to speak and I was with a, a group of youth. I was working with the youth at that time. And uh, I looked, and I, well, it wasn't a youth pastor, it was John Osteen. And he said something about not being unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. He said, he said don't be unequally yoked. If you're going to, don't marry an unbeliever. If you're a believer, don't marry an unbeliever. That's what the scriptures say. And I just, I just looked over at the girl next to me. I said, you wouldn't do that, would you? She blanched. She turned white. She just, finally she looked at me. She said, why did you say that? I said, I don't know. Just said it. <laughs> Two weeks later, she came back. She said, I was engaged to a guy, and he wasn't a believer, and I knew it was wrong. I just want to let you know I broke up. I said, smart girl. Smart girl. But, but listen to me. We pray, Lord, lead us out of temptation. But watch what you're connected with. Be careful what you're connected with. You say, well, I thought we we're supposed to reach the lost. We are supposed to reach the lost. And we, I'm not saying that we just circle the wagons. We only have people here that, that love the Lord. We, we, we kick out everybody else. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is we need to be the ones influencing. And if you recognize that someone's having a bad influence on you, you need to be the one influencing them. One of the best ways to do it is, guys, I listen, I don't go that way. I was a partier. I was a drinker. I was a women chaser. When I made, when I made up my mind that I was going to serve the Lord, I would tell people, I'm not doing that anymore. I wasn't condemning them, but I'm saying this is the way I'm going to live. And when you choose to live that way, you will lose some friends. You will lose some people. You will gain much better ones, and you will gain better relationships, and you won't torment your righteous soul. Amen. And so it's... We got to wise up here and we have to be willing to say, God, I want you and I want you and I want your way and I want what you want. Amen. And in doing that, is that challenging? Yes. Is that, is, that, is that big boy, big girl Christianity? Yes. Is that better Christianity? Yes. Because that's how we become a witness to others. God can get us out, but we need to be willing to go, you know what? I'm in the wrong environment. I'm going to move. Amen. I'm going to leave. I'm going to let off a little early tonight because I know we've got parents and people that want to go see their young people uh, get baptized. But let me pray for you. Bow your head. I wasn't planning on going this direction tonight, and the Lord led us. So let me, let me pray for you. Father, I sense there are, there are people here tonight in environments that they need to get out of. And I pray, Lord, and ask you that you would strengthen them, that you would give them the courage and the strength and the grace and the mercy to step out of those environments that are hurting them and hurting and tormenting their righteous soul. Father, I thank you for that. You love them. You understand what's going on. You want the best for them. Help them out. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came 
tonight and said, you know what, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord that I know of or I'm not sure. Or maybe you're saying, I've, I've been here and, I, you know, I know in, in my heart I am not right with God, but I want to be. I want to get right. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. But I am going to, we're, we're going to say this prayer. This prayer is for you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to, and you say, you know what, I, I do know that I, I need the Lord in my life or I need to come back to him, would you pray for me? I just need you to shoot your hand up real quick just across this auditorium. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Great, thank you. Put your hands down, we're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand in one or two, you can still get in on this prayer. This is for you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Again, no one's looking. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Thank you, Father, for those who have made a step towards you or a step back towards you. Thank you that you heard them, that you answered them. Father, I rejoice that they are new creations, that you have a future for them that's much brighter than anything they ever thought on their own. So we give you all the praise for that. Father, thank you for those in their hearts who have been honest and said, Lord, I'm going to change. Thank you for strengthening them to do that. We give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.